This is the NBL Show. Play NBL Fantasy for free. You could win $5,000 plus daily prizes at nbl.com.au slash fantasy. Uh, very good evening to you and welcome to the NBL show, round 15 in the books and we look forward to round 16, so plenty to talk about and no better person to speak to at all about than uh, former champion Peter Hooley. Hello to you, Pete. G'day, mate. So much to talk about. Season's slowly getting towards the, the end, but a lot of big games coming up. So we'll talk about the games that have been and the games that are to come, but let's get to our special guest for tonight. Uh, it was a mixed bag for the South East Melbourne Phoenix uh, in round 15, a 20-point loss to the Kings uh, last Thursday. wasn't the ideal start to it, uh, but they were able to uh, stop a run of three straight losses and get a win in Adam Gibson's 450th game. No player currently playing in the NBL has played uh, as many games as Adam Gibson. They did it for him in style uh, with a much-needed win over the Cairns Taipans, away from home in Cairns, a 20-point win to the South East Melbourne Phoenix. Coach Simon Mitchell's been good enough to join us. Hello, Coach. How are we doing, gentlemen? Well, we're doing well, Simon. That must have been a relief. I mean, we I called that game, but the start, you must have been really impressed after the, the disappointing game against the Kings to come out and start a game on the road like that. Yeah, I thought we brought a lot of energy to begin the game with, and I think that was important. Uh, probably not just our game on a Thursday night, but probably two or three weeks prior to, um, we probably lacked a little bit of uh, uh, energy to start games and also in the third quarter, so coming out from breaks, uh, a couple of things that we needed to focus on. But just in general, uh, I thought our physicality had been lost. We looked fatigued at times. Um, so we just sort of brought things back to basics for that game and uh, I guess not knowing that we had a different opponent until about 36 hours before the game probably didn't hurt either. Well, you talked a bit about the fatigue and things that are going on. You've been hit with some injuries, guys in and out for the last couple months, really. How has that been to deal with? Because we've seen different guys step up and we'll touch on them in a bit, but it's always harder to deal with the roles changing, guys having to do more. Ryan Brokoff looked like he was about to start to find his feet. Did a bit of a groin. We've seen Dane play one game. Kiefer Sykes is, is in and out. How has it all been dealing with it, especially like player role clarity-wise? Yeah, well, it's not ideal, uh, obviously, but uh, we're not the only team going through it. Um, I guess it, it's it's really about each and every game making sure that everyone knows what their role is. Mm. Um, and, and those roles will shift. And as players come back, um, people have uh, been asked to step up. We'll also be asked to fulfill a different role and it's just the clarity coming from the coaching staff to make sure that the, the players are aware of what's expected of them at the end of the day though um, you know effort preparation um, and uh, those are things that are non-negotiable and, and you know don't vary from game to game and those are the things that we're probably dealing with the most our physicality and our effort and our thirst for the contest which has been wavering a little bit well, something that's going to help that is just the veteran leadership of Adam Gibson. We know what he's done on the floor for 450 games, but having him around the group when they're going through different things like this and to lean on someone with that sort of experience and wisdom it must be a real luxury for the coaching staff. Oh, absolutely, and for the players, especially mm. for us and, and also the players. But, uh, you know, it's it's um, the great thing about Gibbo is he's as honest as the day is long and... and uh, if he sees something he doesn't like, he's gonna he's gonna bring it to the front. He's not gonna sit on it and uh, and brood. It's basically that's unacceptable, and he calls it out. and uh, And that's a little bit of what we need at the moment. Um, it's a lot of what we need at the moment, actually. And um, I think the players are starting to get heads around that. Um, whilst we're a very close knit group and everyone gets along, is that getting along isn't about getting better. Mm. Um, we need to challenge each other uh, in different ways. And uh, Gibbo's great at doing that. 
Um, Simon, to, to ask a sensitive one, and, and we'll, we'll make sure we cover the right and stick within the right parameters, but when something of the ilk happens uh, in terms of what went, uh, what was going on with Mitch Creek and the charges that have now been withdrawn, how does that affect your role and how does that affect the makeup of a team and the focus of a team uh, in the middle of the season? I'd imagine as a coach that that's one of the, the biggest challenges that, that you might face in a season. Well, I guess it's one in a long line of distractions um, that that we've had to deal with um, throughout. Uh, whether you go back to the pre-season with COVID, the changing of the dates, the starting dates, uh, the long list of injuries that we've had and the continuation of trying to bring players in, uh, it's just another distraction. Um, and it's one that we're glad to see has passed. Um, and hopefully between now and the end of the season, we'll be able to move on a few of the other distractions that we've been dealing with and we can just really settle in to sort of get a bit of momentum going into the back end of the season. I uh, appreciate that. Uh, you're you're about, probably about 10 games to go in the season now. Uh, the two teams ahead of you have got two games in hand on you. So uh, worth their weight in gold at the moment. Uh, you're sitting in fourth, Illawarra, two games back from you, breathing down your neck. Do you, how do you resist the tendency from a team in just its second year to be looking ahead to what might be and focus on what is? <laughs> we only have to look at our recent form to know that um, <laughs> we've got plenty of uh, plenty of work to do. And, and look, we've been a pretty pretty realistic group. I mean, even back to the start of last season, you know, there was a lot of praises being sung about us. You know, getting off to such a great start, and we're, we're pretty realistic about where we're at, um, and we continue that this day. I mean, even when we have a good win, like we, we had a good win up in Sydney um, just last week or the week before last, sorry. Um, and uh, you know, rather than sort of sitting back and resting on our laurels, we went and approached the film like we'd lost by 14 instead of winning by 14. So we weren't overindulging in our own successes. Um, it clearly didn't work because we came out and laid an egg the next two games. But, um, you know, like it's just sort of the attitude that we have. We're, we're constantly looking for ways to improve rather than, um, you know, celebrating, you know, the small achievements that we have been able to um to achieve so it's really for us uh, we, we know where the areas of our game that we need great improvement we need we know the areas of our game where we need to just maybe tweak a little um, but there's nothing in our um, repertoire right at this point in time that we're completely satisfied with and think that okay this is going to you know take we're going to ride this to the promised land and it ain't going to happen um, so for us as, as a coaching staff and as a playing group, um, you know, we're pretty open and honest about what we are, where we are, where our deficiencies are, and we'll continue to, to work at those and continue to work at the things we feel like we can continue to get better at. Well, you've got such a strong roster from top to bottom, but I want to highlight two guys. When you put this team together at the start of the season, one might be a surprise packet, one you probably knew what you were getting, but two Kiwis, Yanni Wetzel and Isaiah Liafa. Their ceilings are huge. Young Kiwis who have come over here and shown exactly what they're doing now and how much better they can be. How exciting are you to see what they're doing on the floor? Oh, tremendous. Um, both great blokes. Love them to death. Uh, doing really good things. Um, Yanni, we were really high on um, whilst he was at San Diego State and we were hoping to get his services and we did and then we lost them and then we got them back again. So that was, a, again, going back to our sort of uh, our year of turmoil. That, that was the start of things really <laughs> after COVID was the, you know, the whole Yanni issue. But to get him on board, um, look, there's still a long way to go for Yanni. He's, he's relatively inexperienced in the game. He's obviously got some tremendous physical features. Um but he's still, uh, you know, he's just scratching at the surface on what he's going to be able to achieve in the game of basketball. Um, 
but yeah, he's been fantastic, and the and and what he's been able to do is is, is really like he's had to carry an extra load with Dane Pineau playing 13 minutes on the season. You know, his his job was to come in and share the role with Dane, um, and to be a one-two punch. And because they're both two of the maybe quickest guys at that five position, um, we really felt like we could put um, non-stop pressure on opposing five men just with their run. But it hasn't turned out that way with Dane not playing. So a lot more has been thrown at Yanni. Um, and he's learning on the job. You know, there's things that he needs to do better. He needs to be more consistent with his rebounding. Um, his post play has improved. Um, but his decision-making out of the post can still get better. Um, he's still the fastest guy at the five spot. And um, and the thing I love about him most is that he's just got this insatiable uh, thirst for learning. And he listens to everything the coaches have got to say to him. He try, And he's so compliant. Everything you ask of him, he goes out and tries, tries to do um, to the best of his abilities. Not always successful, but he's always giving it a crack. So his, his, um, his success isn't that much of a surprise. As I said, he was pretty highly coveted by us. Um, uh, with with Zaya, um, yeah. Look, he came to us maybe not in the greatest shape. Um, we signed him out of the New Ze- after his New Zealand basketball league season. Coming out of college, I wasn't a hundred percent across him um, in what how he was going to translate to the NBL. He played in one of those prehistoric college systems where you walk the ball up, you milk the clock, and you score 55 points a game and get over the line by three. And it's just really hard for us to sort of say, well, geez, how does that fit? You know, you could see little flashes of what he might be able to do, but, you know, the reins were being pulled pretty tight. So we got a great look of it, look at him in the New Zealand Basketball League season. Was really impressed with him there. We signed him um, before we even brought him in. Um, and between signing him um, out of the New Zealand League, he had a little holiday set for himself over in the United States where he's going to be working out. He did a little bit of working out, but uh, maybe not as much as he should have. So he came into <laughs> camp not quite in the best condition, and he had to work his way there. But we certainly saw all along um, the, the gifts that he's got. Now that he worked his way into shape, it really just did coincide with the, the issues that we've had with um, uh, Kiefer Sykes and his health. Um, and he was just at the right point to be ready to, to sort of come in and play minutes. So, um, you know, it's, I can't even remember how long it's been since Keepers come in and played any sort of regular basketball, but it's got to be closing in on 10 weeks, and, and Isaiah's been great over that period. Simon, it's been great to catch up with you. really appreciate it. You, you always give us a, a really in-depth look at, at how you guys are tracking and the way in which you're seeing it, and we really appreciate it and look forward to it. So we're looking forward to this Thursday night. It's a big week. It's a big couple of days coming up for John Kane Arena, United and the Breakers, and then yourselves and the Bullets on Thursday. And hopefully there's a big contingent of South East Melbourne Phoenix fans there uh, to see you get a win. Good luck. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on the show, boys. Uh, Simon Mitchell, South East Melbourne Phoenix coach, and make sure you do get down to see the South East Melbourne Phoenix take on the Brisbane Bullets, 7.30 tip-off, John Kane Arena, Thursday night. Pete, we'll come back on the other side of this. We've got to speak about the other games of the round and then look ahead to the games of round 16. Don't forget you can watch the Hungry Jacks, NBL on SBS Viceland, ESPN, SBS On Demand and Twitch. All games before 7.30 will be broadcast on SBS. All games after will be broadcast on ESPN. All games will be streamed on SBS On Demand and Twitch. More NBL show on the other side of this on SEN. You're listening to the NBL show. Play NBL fantasy for free. You could win $5,000 plus daily prizes at nbl.com.au slash fantasy. Uh, welcome back to the NBL show. If you missed our chat with Simon Mitchell, it'll be up on the podcast, so uh, don't miss out on that. The South East Melbourne Phoenix coach, they're hanging on to fourth spot. They're a couple of games clear of Illawarra uh, in fifth. 
fifth. And uh, when we look at the rest of the ladder, Pete Hooley's here. Uh, of course, Sam Hargraves is my name. Melbourne United still sit on top, uh, 19 and 5 from their 24 games. Perth, 18 and 6 from their 24. The Kings in third, 14 and 12 from their 26. So the Kings and the Phoenix uh, are two games ahead of where United and the Wildcats are. And on a 36 game season now, you would just bank. Uh, that United and Perth are home and hose. So it's those two spots left, Pete Hooley, that are absolutely mm. up for grabs. So let's go through uh, the results from last round. We spoke about the Phoenix uh, and the Kings. That loss uh, to the Phoenix was one that they could ill afford, but one that the Kings really did need. And they're on a 4-0 four and, uh, four and run uh, at the minute. Jordan Hunter, a double-double in that game. Um, New Zealand and Cairns, a two-point thriller in Tassie. Uh, New Zealand need to pretty much win every game if they're any chance. Uh, that was a, a loss they couldn't afford. But for Cairns, just something to smile about in what's been a, a very tough and, and, and a really disappointing year for them. But Finn Delaney continues on a great year, 23 and 14 rebounds. He had Nate Jawai uh, wound the clock back 21 and 8, and Scott Machado had 13 points, 8 assists. Yeah, look, I think that's the cue in the rack uh, for the breakers. Now in the coffin, they're going to be oh, not impossible, but they be very hard to make finals. Now, those are the games you can ill afford to lose against the bottom team on the ladder when you really, everything has to go right because you're going to have to play the best teams and they could go either way. But those games you just cannot afford to lose. So it's going to be really tough for the breakers now. Going to need a miracle. Uh, Brisbane just continuing to slide the wrong way. Mm. Uh, they're 10 and 13 on the year now. Everything looks so promising for them. I think we're going to look back and wonder, geez, how good was Vic Law? Because he made such a difference and, and him being out injured has had a, a big effect on the... Uh, and yeah, it was a loss to the Wildcats, but it was probably the way in which they lost yep. 18 points. Bryce Cotton had 21. Lamar Patterson, good to see, had 19 points, but they don't look the side that was ruffling a heap of feathers in the early to mid part of the year. Well, the end of the NBL Cup, I had them as legitimate contenders. I thought yep. they could, once the pieces were there, they could really get things going. They were going to add Lamar Patterson to a mix, but then Vic Law went down, a couple other uh, injuries popped up, and yeah, they're going to really struggle to make the finals, let alone contend. And Perth just keep continuing to do what Perth does. Mm. Uh, Melbourne United, this is, a, this is a great story, and fast becoming one of the stories of the year. 9-0, and uh, the win over the 36ers, 92-78. to They got service from everyone, as they so yep. often do. They've got the deepest bench uh, and they get the best contribution from their bench uh, from any – they get a better contribution from their bench than any team in the competition. Uh, Mitch McCarron, a fine year, continues. 21 points for him. Jock Landale, a double-double, 19 and 10. Uh, and for the 36ers, Josh Giddy, Jesus, this guy is something special. 14 points, uh, 10 rebounds, 7 assists. We'll speak about his triple-double last night in a moment. But Melbourne, uh, in action tomorrow night – at John Kane Arena against the Breakers, looking for 10 in a row. Yeah, you'd think they'd have to get it the way they are playing. As you said, their depth is incredible. The only question mark is that four spot with no Jack White, but Mason Peatling's doing a wonderful job. Dave Barlow wound back the clock, hit two threes, got a dunk, which we don't often see from the 37-year-old. They are so deep and so talented, and everybody's sacrificing what they have to do to get the win. So they are rolling at the right time. They're not a team you want to face at all in this business half of the season. It's a it's a fascinating part of sport, isn't it? The idea of playing your role and doing your job versus doing what maybe all the things that you want to do. Doing, you know, the I put, gets put to the side mm. and the we, and it is the epitome of what team sport means. But more and more in the in professional eras where they identify specific skill sets that they need for specific areas of the game. In all sports now, it's becoming more and more important that if you buy in, if you're willing to sacrifice, if you're willing to do as he's asked and required of you, 
then the team success that can come, obviously, as you know, Pete, far outweighs the individual. Well, I think people are starting to realise that team success leads more for the individual's success down the track. Because a lot of people come into places and think, I've got to win. I've, I mean, I've got to sh- average 30 and 15 just so I can get a look at by the NBA or get another mm. contract. If you're on a winning team and you're a winner and you get that label of being a winner where you go, even if you only average mediocre numbers, that is what teams want. Teams want winners. And we're seeing that everywhere. Deshaun Tate didn't set the world on fire, but now he's arguably nearly rookie of the year playing for the Houston Rockets. And guys come in and do that. When you can sacrifice what Melbourne United is doing, all those players all of a sudden, when they're out of contract, become on the radar for everybody else. Illawarra, three losses in a row, but they continue to be within striking distance of that top four. They're two wins outside of it now in fifth, but a 75-79 to 79 loss to the Kings, who uh, that was their fourth win in a row. Casper Ware, 18 points. Sam Froling had a double-double with 22 uh, and 12. Kings coming good. Uh, as we get to the pointy end. They are. They've got injuries. That's going to be the biggest worry. And Didi yep. Lazard is gone. So they just keep finding ways to win the Kings. And I saw a lot of debate over the weekend of who's the coach of the year because of what Trev's done with that group. But Adam Ford right now is probably the coach of the year. He's had to deal with the most uh, adversity with guys being injured. Xavier Cooks from the jump. Angus Glover went down. Jarrell Martin missed a bunch. And every single time the Kings come to play, they've had a few bad games albeit against the Wildcats and Trev Gleeson, but they're just finding ways to get it done. So it's an incredible story from the Sydney Kings. Yep. And even better, Xavier Cooks didn't play, but suited up just so he can start ticking off the games to qualify for finals. That's a big promising sign for Sydney. Uh, It's a beautiful thing. Cairns 66, South East Melbourne Phoenix 86. That was the win we expected South East Melbourne mm-hmm. to have. They stopped the rot of three losses in a row. A 20-point win over Cairns in a, in a special occasion for Adam Gibson, a championship player, 450 games. Nobody currently playing has played more. Uh, Cam Glidden, obviously inspired by the occasion, has a triple-double. Uh, that's the wrong game. Cam Glidden had 22 points, I should say. I was looking at uh, the next game. Josh Giddy. I uh, can't read my own writing. Uh, Cam Glidden, 22 points. Um, Breakers, 36ers. Just before we get into this week's game, um, Findelaney might be one of the most underrated players in the league. No Another 20-plus bucket mm. game, 23 points. Five players for the Breakers in the win over the 36ers had double-figure points. But Josh Giddy was the... The star of the show, really, his first ever triple-double will be the first of many more to come uh, and enjoy him while we've got him because this will be it for him. He'll be uh, just like a college basketball player at Kentucky, one and done. Yep, and finally got there, didn't he? He's been so close. He's been a rebound short, a point short, an assist short, finally got there, and that was really the only positive sign. We talk about Adelaide 36ers maybe making a charge towards the finals, losing that game to the Breakers probably finishes their hopes, but finally Josh Gideon... Yeah, I can't wait to see him on the next. I think he's the next stage. I think he's got so much more to give, and he's just going to be such an exciting talent that we can all get behind. And so many people say well, we've got to stop hyping him up, putting all this expectation on that. We've got to embrace our own. We've got to put them on those Absolutely. pedestals because high schoolers in America, all the all those kids in America, they get every highlight tape after everything. Eyes are on them twenty four seven. We need to hype up our own young superstars. We haven't seen a kid like Josh Giddy come through for some time, so why not all get around him? He's going to be a superstar. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, couldn't uh, I couldn't agree any more adamantly. Uh, it is an exciting, exciting thing. And, and get on board now because mm. this could be a guy that follows a trajectory 
like a Ben Simmons. Mm. And this is this this guy is a pass first point guard. He's high basketball IQ. He is an invaluable commodity in basketball at the moment with the way he's able to do it in just about every facet of the game. He's a tough matchup. He's long. Uh, he defends really well, and he's just a kid. So the ceiling is so high. Get on board now and enjoy finding out exactly where that is. Hey, uh, we'll get a quick look at the games ahead, but the Hooli hierarchy, we all look forward to this every week. Uh, who are the top four ranked teams in your mind? Well, I think you've got Melbourne and Perth. As I said, they're going to be there from now on. But in the end, it's, I think the top four set. I know there's a lot of games to go, but I think the Kings are going to find ways to win and the Phoenix will start to bounce back. It's going to be very hard for those two to be displaced. So the games of the round, tomorrow it gets started. Melbourne United, New Zealand Breakers. Melbourne looking for 10 in a row. Can't see them not getting it, although the Breakers pushed them uh, a couple of weeks ago in uh, their last encounter, uh, and they'll make it a, a, they'll make it a, a slog in, in this one. Well, I think Ty Webster's due back, which could make things a little interesting uh, for Melbourne United, but they are clicking right now. Things are rolling. Everybody's stepping up when they have to, and they're going to be really hard to beat. All right, one-word tips for all of these because yep. we're running out of time. South East Melbourne and Brisbane on Thursday night at John Kane Arena. Phoenix. New Zealand Breakers and Perth at the Silverdome in Tassie. Perth. Adelaide 36ers, Brisbane Bullets in Adelaide. Sixers. Cairns and South East Melbourne, the return trip, but it's at Cairns Pop-Up Arena. Phoenix. Melbourne uh, and Sydney. Oh, that's the game of the round, isn't it? That's yep. going to be a big one, but Melbourne. New Zealand and Illawarra. Breakers. Adelaide and Cairns in Adelaide. Adelaide. And then Melbourne, it's a busy round for them. Three games in it. Uh, they'll finish off next Wednesday. John Kane Arena. Ooh. This is the 1v2 showdown. Melbourne, Perth. Arch rivals, Wednesday night, John Kane. Toss a coin, Sammy. That's going to be huge. There's been a bit of Twitter back and forth. Jock Landau, I'm excited for that one. Uh, I couldn't be any more excited uh, for that game. Uh, so don't forget, if you're wanting to watch the NBL games and you're wanting to uh, just get around them, you can watch the Hungry Jacks NBL on SBS Viceland, ESPN, SBS On Demand and Twitch, all games before 7.30. They're broadcast on SBS Viceland. All games after are broadcast on ESPN. All games streamed on SBS On Demand and Twitch. Get around the NBL. It's been a cracking season so far, and we are getting to the business end of it. Pete, always a pleasure, never a chore. Thanks, mate. See you next week. Absolutely. Uh, Sporting Capital continues on the other side of this, and it's time of the week where we get you to put your best five-card hand on the table, put all your chips in. Who are the best five players of round six? You need a key forward. You need a defender. one 736 as we get your royal flush from round six of AFL action when the Sporting Capital continues up next. NBL show, though, back next week, same time, same place.